This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Can I be honest with you? Two years into this pandemic, I miss the hustle and bustle of a busy workspace. I miss seeing my coworkers in person, peeking my head up to ask a question or share a joke and see them laugh in person without a mask. Instead, it's computer pings, Zoom calls, Slack. Enough with the Slack. I just really wish I could snap my fingers and just make it all go away. But the pandemic is here, so too is remote and hybrid work. So how do we keep morale up and create this sense of community at work when work means many employees are at home and teams like ours here at Reset never get to meet as a group in person? Danielle Abril is a technology at work reporter for The Washington Post. Welcome back to Reset, Danielle. Thanks for having me, Sasha. And we want to hear from you, too. Tell us, what is your job doing to help you feel more connected to your coworkers? Is there something that they're not doing that you'd like to see happen? Give us a call at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that number is 866-915-WBEZ. Danielle, why is fostering togetherness at work important? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, you know, as workers, we all took for granted pre-pandemic. It was something that often happened organically. You put a bunch of people with like interests in the same room and you're going to have a sense of community uh, with very little touch from above needed, right? Those, those connections just happen. And when the pandemic happened, it sort of changed things. All of a sudden, those natural sort of serendipitous moments that were happening pre-pandemic weren't there anymore. And there was a big sense of isolation. So that sort of can pick at the culture of a company. It can make workers feel really alone. And it can definitely add to burnout, employee burnout. When you're isolated and you're overworked and you don't have a sense of community, it can be a big problem for both the employee and the employer. Yeah. So when you think of who it benefits most, you'd probably say everyone, right? Absolutely. Um, I I think the employers need to look at this as sort of a business issue. Um, It's not just, you know, the warm and fuzzies, but we're talking about a labor market where, you know, people are leaving every chance they can for other opportunities because they're burned out, because, you know, they, they have, it's an employee market right now. They have other options. And for employees, obviously, um, it benefits them because you want to be in a place where you feel good doing your job. How can employers create that camaraderie for their seasoned employees while working remotely? So for the seasoned employees, uh, the folks that aren't new hires, you, you know, experts told us that they really need to think about, you know, what are the connection points that these employees have when they're not in the office? Uh, A lot of folks are doing hybrid right now, so maybe they have some connection points in the office, but even in hybrid environments, there's a lot of disconnection. You may not see the people that you're used to seeing. You may not have a lot of opportunities to connect with people outside your team. So what are you encouraging for employees? Are you creating platforms in which they can get together, they can communicate, they can talk? And what are you intentionally doing to foster that culture on your team? So not just saying, Here's a Slack channel, talk to your people and leaving it alone. Are there intentional moments where you're creating the space for those moments to happen? So one of the experts suggested that we spoke to suggested doing things like maybe you start every meeting with 10 or 15% of that meeting, just free flow chat. 
how was everybody's weekend? You know, how's your kids doing? What, what, anybody have some fun pet stories? Just allow people to talk. Um, maybe there are moments where you can have, you know, virtual lunches or virtual coffees where it's not business oriented. Is there a, a way you can safely bring the team together in person for casual get togethers to make up for some of that lost communication that you would normally have in person? And a reminder, we want to hear from you, too. Tell us, what have your bosses done to create a community at work for you? What's working? And tell us what's not working. You can join the conversation by calling 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Danielle, you were talking about creating intentional moments, right? What does that look like when the employees are new? What should the onboarding process include? Absolutely, Sasha. Um, When employees are new, it's even more important um, because when you're onboarding in a pandemic, it can feel even more isolating, right? When you're a new employee walking into a company you've never worked for before, maybe you don't have any connections, the in-person experience can be a little tumultuous. You know, you're trying to get to know everybody. You don't. You're the new person. So when you're remote or, you know, doing things digitally, it can be even more so that feeling of like transactional pressure and and just doing the work and not feeling a sense of community. So in, in those cases, experts tell us that it's really important that employers think about their onboarding processes. Are we just giving them a bunch of YouTube videos and saying, watch these, Mm -hmm. sign your name, you're trained and do your job? That's not going to create a sense of community. You're not having any interactions with colleagues. You're not getting to know anybody across the organization. So when can, how can we introduce people during the onboarding process to their colleagues? How can we give them points of connection? And how can we connect them to the culture that we ultimately want to have and give them a sense of ownership of that culture? Yeah. Well, um, how can employers ensure that there are ways for, for people that are on different teams and at different levels to connect in a way that doesn't sound as formal as a video meeting? Right. So that's where this um, sort of free-flowing uh, water cooler chat comes in, um, which, you know, sounds really cliche. The virtual water cooler. The office, right. How often in the office were we really standing around the water cooler? But to be fair, there were times where, you know, I would walk down the hallway and maybe see somebody from a totally different department who, you know, was wearing the shoes that I almost bought. And now we're connecting and talking about something totally unrelated and we form a relationship that way. So how can we create these virtual water cooler moments? Um, And it's not always video. The funny thing is when we think about virtual experience and virtual connection, everybody's like, let's just put everybody in a Zoom meeting. That can be helpful in some cases, but our experts actually caution, you know, Zoom fatigue is real. Find what works best for your team. Find how they like to communicate. How can we create these moments without it feeling like another task people have to do? Yeah. Let's hear from a caller, Danielle. Charles wants to join us. He's calling from Villa Park. Hi, Charles. Welcome to Reset. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Doing well. What's your story? Are you working remotely right now? Uh, Yes, I am. Um, I've worked in IT, and I've pretty much been a, a virtual employee quasi in some manner since 2012 
You know, a lot of uh, companies were ahead of the curve even prior to COVID with having virtual employees. Um, so it really depends upon the role. And as far as camaraderie is concerned, I've been in organizations where even though I go into the office, there's not a lot of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. But then working in other companies as a virtual employee, just on the standard Zoom call, they, they help facilitate that. Um, so it, it depends upon the organization. Well, well, Charles, I have a question for you. you you've been doing this for nearly a decade now. Yeah. Are, is it important to you to keep that connection with your uh, with your colleagues as you work um, remotely? Well, you, you know, the, the, the online chat um, and, uh, you know, you mentioned Slack. Yes. Um, but, you know, Skype was a tool earlier. Um, but, you know, being in IT, we've always used some type of um, instant messaging application. And there's been various throughout the years, so over 20 years. Just being able to communicate with someone instantly online in the chat is really beneficial. Yeah. That's the water cooler. I don't have to wait to have that. Um, passing conversation. I'm sorry, I'm taking my dog for a walk right now, so I'm a little winded. I see. But, uh, but you know, yeah, I could just, uh, yeah, I could just, if I have a thought, I could just ping someone and say, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Instant communication. So, yeah, I hear you. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate you calling in, especially while on a walk with your with your daughter, uh, Danielle. Charles says it depends on the role. Yes, and that is. Very true. Charles brings up a great point. You know, a lot of folks are learning how to be remote employees for the first time, but there are a lot of folks who have been remote employees because of their function forever. So not only IT workers, but if you think about global workers, right? So folks who may be in, you know, a one-person office in the UK where they're based in the U.S. or vice versa. So so there are um, remote employees who, who have sort of learned how to create a sense of community among themselves um, because they've been doing this their entire career. Uh, And and that's another point to bring up, Sasha. I just want to mention it, that employees aren't powerless here. Um, This is not all up to the employer. While it is more stress now that the employer take an active role because the majority of employees are going through some of this if they are office workers, um, you know, employees... If their employer is not taking an intentional active role in changing things, there are things that they can do to create that sense of community if they don't have it. We are talking to Daniela Brill. She's a technology at work reporter for The Washington Post, and we're discussing how companies can foster a sense of community at work during the pandemic. We want to hear from you, too. Tell us, how has your company created a sense of community on the job? Is there something that you would like to see them do instead? Call us at 866-915-915. WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. Danielle, you gave us uh, some great tips there on on how to deal with this uh, if you're a seasoned employee versus being uh, someone who's brand new. What about when it comes to part-time employees or interns? How can employers make them connected to their teams when they're with them usually for a short time? I think it's really important that employers not necessarily separate employees based on how often they work, but create a sense of organized culture across um, the entire workforce so that everybody, the habits become regular and, and it's not like, oh, I have to do this one thing with these employees or this with another. But what I will say is another tip that 
that employers can use on any employee, um, especially those who they see or talk to less often, is they're probably checking in with interns or part-timers, you know, once a week or, or something like that, just to make sure that they're on track with all the things that the employee is doing. And one of the ways that they can sort of increase the touch points with that person is to, instead of taking that maybe normal hour meeting that they would have to catch up with uh, that employee, they can separate it into what one of our experts called as uh, micro-interactions. So think about maybe you take 20 minutes instead of an hour to do your normal catch-up, but then the other 40 minutes that you would have normally spent on that same call, you break up into little touch points throughout the day, maybe there or, or, or week or however long it takes in between those interactions, where you're maybe doing quick calls, hey, how are you doing, yeah. or doing quick IMs. How's it going? How can I help you? What's on your mind? Or how are you feeling today? Um, so that you're adding more communication over the course of the period instead of sort of having it all at once. I and see. you're not adding more to your plate as a manager because it's still within that hour time. Well, I want to touch on the safety piece of this because there's been a lot of back and forth, as we know, uh, and changes to COVID safety protocols uh, from government officials. So what can employers do to help their staff feel safer for the times that they are returning to the office? So safety, obviously, a big priority across industries. Um, and for office workers, as you mentioned, it's been really confusing. Um, you know, guidance seems to keep changing. The situation in terms of infection rates keeps changing. Uh, so before I go into sort of some of the advice from our you know, organizational and um, business experts, I, I want to point out that it's really important that employers first look to the federal and local health authorities because they're going to have the most accurate information as to what, you know, measures they should put in place in terms of should there be masking, should there be testing, mm -hmm. those kind of guidelines. So, so that's the first thing is just make sure you're following that, make sure you're communicating that to your staff. But beyond that, um, employers really have to think about you know, the, the, the cost and benefits of things, right? Every decision they make in this space has a cost. Whether they choose to enforce certain guidelines or certain mandates like requiring employees to be vaccinated or not, both come with cost because you're either asking employees who aren't vaccinated to maybe reconsider how they're doing their job or if they want to work there, or you're asking folks who are vaccinated, you know, to possibly compromise a sense of safety at the office. So you do have to weigh all the costs yeah. and first ask what, you know, what, how do I weigh that? And once they can come to that, there are things that, that employers can do. They can, you know, first of all, communication obviously is the biggest to make mm -hmm. sure that everybody knows what's in place, what's expected, how that office is going to operate. And then also using technology as sort of, um, you know, a, a facilitator of making sure that these regular guidelines are followed. So if you're requiring regular testing or you're requiring, um, you know, updated vaccination records, there's technology out there that can help facilitate some of this, that can help make sure that you're um, maybe separating people in, in hot desk situations where they come in every day and they work at a different desk, but right. you make sure that they're, you know, six feet apart. So, so there are ways um, that they can, employers can sort of increase the safety at the office 
Um, and experts just say, like, just make sure, you know, employee safety, let employees' safety be your guide because that's going to be the way that you create that relationship and that culture that you want at your company. Let's hear from one final caller. Here's Maria in Edgewater. Hi, Maria. Welcome to Reset. Hi, Cyan. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, my company has been remote since the beginning of the pandemic, and we early on implemented a uh, FaceTime Friday um, to get together every Friday. So everyone hops on, we turn on our cameras, we, could, we usually don't, um, and one person is selected uh, for a theme. The theme could be, you know, what vacation spot do you want to go to um, after the pandemic? Uh, we might do a guided meditation, we might do a fitness challenge for a week, and it's really helped us. Um, since we're not seeing each other. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Maria. FaceTime Fridays, I love it. Uh, Peter in Ravenswood uh, called us as well and says, uh, every company that he's worked with has struggled to build a sense of community. He wonders if it has to do with workers not having enough power to influence their day-to-day work. We'll have to leave it there. We've been talking with Danielle Abril, who's a technology at work reporter for The Washington Post. Danielle, thank you so much. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.